alive. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know, did, uh, did we get the revised set of scriptures out? Up there means where? Okay, well, y'all, the beginning of the year, um, I started to preach about being made new, and I didn't know that it would turn into a, a series, and evidently it has, and if, with the exception of last week where the Holy Spirit led us down a different path, I think today may be the last part of the series, but uh, part one was uh, made new, and that was at the beginning, if you all remember, that was the, uh, the first um, message in the new year right after the beginning of the new year. And we were in scriptures like 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Thank God for someone who's about to turn years old. <laughs> in Romans 8, 5 and 6, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is his death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And my brothers and sisters, I, 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 want, I, I, I know that I've been hitting on that life and peace thing for a few, because we're in the middle of such chaos and we're in the middle of turbulent times. Amen? And, 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 you know, whether you're politically savvy or you're involved in that or not, we all, if you're in Christ, you are in a spiritual battle. So, it, you know, but you, in the middle of this battle and in the middle of tough circumstances, we still want to experience life, peace, happiness, joy, all the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? So this tells me, you know, if, if I'm carnally minded, I'm not going to be experiencing that. I need to be spiritually minded in order to experience life and peace and, and the other spiritual gifts and fruit as it were. Amen? Okay, so it's no big secret, it's no big revelation here this morning, but I just want to keep reminding myself of that, thereby also reminding you. But then the second part, or the second week, it was made new, obviously, but the new mind, and this mind of Christ, and we were in scriptures like Colossians 3, uh, beginning verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Amen. In 1 Corinthians, uh, second chapter, beginning at verse 13, these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he is not judged himself. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, we're being made new, and we need to have our minds. We need to have the new mind. And by the way, it's not just any old mind. Our mind, our attitude, you know, how we, uh, the thoughts that we think, they need to be in line with Christ. They need to have the same attitude, the same thoughts as Christ. Amen? And then finally, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.5. Then the third part, which was a couple of weeks ago, was knowing truth. Because, in, my brothers and sisters, and as I've, I, I think I said it on 
multiple occasions, but certainly on that one, are, especially for our young people, they're being taught and told so many different things as truth. And even we ourselves, even though we've experienced some things, we're being told, in fact, uh, historically, we're being told different things now. Uh, there's some curriculum right now that is uh, having to do with uh, studies uh, as it relates to, you know, r- multiracial cultural and things like that. And, and, and the last I heard someone told me recently that they don't even have the Dr. Martin Luther King in that study. And that's what they're teaching our kids, but they're leaving him out. Are you kidding me? But see, so my point being, it's important that, you know, this mind that's being renewed and this mind, it should be um, renewed in the image of Christ, in the one who created him, and not based on lies, but, but truth. So we need to be careful what are sources of knowledge and information, where are we getting these, this information, and, and how we're using that information, how we're processing it, and using it to, to formulate our own opinions, and thereby living our lives according to you know, what our mind, how we think, our thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So our thoughts turn into our actions, and our actions turn into our habits. Isn't that right? And our habits become our character. Amen? So now our mind needs to be made true, but we need, it needs to, be re, re, needs to be new, renewed, but renewed in the truth and in the attitude of Jesus. So John 18, in Jesus speaking, I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Now I could give you all of these other things, but I just I'm going to go here and just to remind you of this scripture, Second Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. And remember what we studied when we studied that it is profitable for teaching truth. So if we want to know the truth and we want to condition our minds and renew our minds, it needs to be done with truth. We need to look at the source. What are we renewing our minds with? Amen. And it has to be truth. All right. Okay, so we're going to begin, and I want you guys to bear with me because some of the stuff that we go over today will be a little bit repetitive, but I I just can't help it. I'm just going to go with it and trust spirit. So we're going to begin in Colossians 3, a, a scripture that we've been back and forth in for a little while. But now you yourselves are to put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So very plainly, and and I know that's repetitive because that was two parts ago, but my brothers and sisters, we need to keep this in the forefront of our minds going forward. And not just here. Not just here. Whenever, even in, in your personal studies and in other ministers or other teachings and other devotions that you do, when you're picking up somebody else's devotion and, and you're reading someone else's basically testimony or their um, interpretation of scripture or anything else like that, you need to be very careful because, again, you're... you're, you're those, those thoughts, those things that are, they're putting into your mind or that you're allowing to come into your mind, those things have to be only truth. Because remember, your thoughts become your actions. So if you're meditating on thoughts that are false, you're going to act out falsely or in a way that's not lined up with the truth and does not enhance your walk with God. Are you with me? Okay. So then you won't have any problem with anything that I say from here on out. Okay, so we're going to Second Peter, chapter one, beginning in verse nineteen, 
And so we have this prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place. You do well to heed. You've got to pay attention to this. You've got to consider. You've got to act upon this. You've got to do this. Pay attention to this. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so this goes back or lends itself back to that, the truth. The truth. The truth. And where do we find truth? And that we can have confidence that this Word of God, all of the Scripture, as Paul said to Timothy, or the Holy Spirit said through Paul to Timothy, all Scripture is breathed by God. This is saying the same thing, that all the prophets that spoke in the name of the Lord in the Old Testament, they spoke because Holy Spirit of God was in speaking through them. It's truth. You can hang your hat on it. But let me draw your attention real quick um, to uh, the morning star. Until the day that the morning... You've you got to heed this light. You've got you to gotta pay attention to the Word of God, to these prophecies of God, to these scriptures, just like if there was a very dark room and the light went on, phew, your attention would be right there. And now you're seeing. If this room were dark and a spotlight came on me, how delineable would I be? Man, you know, it, and immediately your attention would be drawn right there. So that's what this is saying. But then look at what it's saying is until the day that, that dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. What's the morning star? We know what the morning star is. You don't have to say, Pastor Tony, what do you think the morning star is? I know what it is. You know how I know? Because I'm smart. No, because look at Revelation 2.18. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these... I'm sorry, I read the wrong scriptures. Revelation 22.16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify of you of these things in the churches. So I, I, want you to, I want you to see that. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. These things that he testified. These, this book, Revelation, that was spoken to the churches. The Word of God is to His church. It's to God's people. Look at what He says then. I, Jesus, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. He's gonna, we're going to see Him. He's going to light up the new city, Jerusalem. As all those, those of us who have been studying Revelation, we've just came after that part. Isn't, isn't that so? Amen. He's going to light up. He's, bright. He's the bright and morning star. And we're going to see Him. We're going to... We're going to experience this fellowship with Jesus like we can't even imagine what it's going to be like. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Think about your best day that you ever had. I'm talking about spiritual day. I'm talking about it could have been when you first gave your heart to the Lord and you felt like weight was lifted off of you. And you felt so light and you felt like every, you were felt like clean. You were so clean. And, and that might have been one of the best days that you ever had. Or it might be that, you know, it might have been that you saw a miracle. You prayed for something. You needed a healing. And I'm having, just forgive me a little bit. I'm having trouble with the mic. It, it could be that you, you're, you, you know, you, you, you prayed for a miracle. You, you needed a healing or there was someone close to you needed a healing. And that healing was done. You saw someone miraculously healed and you couldn't, it doesn't get any better than that. All of those things put together is not going to be the same as when we get to see Him face to face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's so important because when we're talking about the Word of God here, 
it's, it's, it's so important, as we mentioned, all scriptures God breathed. But Revelation 22, which I started to read mistakenly a moment ago, look at what it says in Revelation 22, 18, 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to them the plagues that are written in the book. That's how serious God, God's word is. That's how serious he takes his word. Verse 19, if anyone takes away from the words of the book of, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. My brothers and sisters, look, we, we those of us who are preaching, teaching, need to be so careful. We, we have to under, I have to understand, and, and, and that's why I've, I try to be so, so careful and tell you when something's my opinion, and I'll give you what, you know, what I believe, and this is what I base it on, and some things that I just know. Is this, and I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's scriptural. It's all scripture related. I could, uh, uh, are you with me? I am. So we, we need to be careful. So as those of us who are teaching, whether it's the youth, whether it's the children, as Michelle is right now, and some of you, uh, like Ms. D, have done in the past, it's so important how we handle the Word of God. It's so important how we teach. And even our children in your own house, I wasn't going here, but let's... Holy Spirit, thank you. Even our own children. What are we showing our children? And, and listen, how, how does our interpretation of what's being written line up with actually the context of what is written? And also, how in the world does what is written and our context of what is written match up with how we're living? Because you've heard it said before, we've shared this all the time, our kids are listening with their eyes. They're hearing what you do. All right? Okay. I see a lot of head shaking and all this other stuff, so that means we got it. All right. But look at what else it says about the sign. I just want to, I, I just love this. This is good news. Before I start tearing you guys up, I just want to, I want to talk to you something about some good stuff. We're talking about the bright and morning star Malachi. 4, 2, and 3 says, But you who fear the name of the Lord, but to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteous, S-U-N. He spelled it S-U-N then. He spelled it S-U-N. The Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in His wings. Healing in His wings. I don't know about you guys, but this old body has some aches and pains. So I'm going to be spiritually totally healed I'm going to be totally healed spiritually. All that still is a little bit broken in Tony is going to be totally... Sp- and my body will not experience those things that it's experiencing right now. So, hallelujah. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On that day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. But what's the qualification? To those who fear my name. Those who fear my name. Even the church has lost the fear of God. This respect. This, we need to look a little bit different. Instead of happiness, we need to pay attention to holiness. Come on. So, so this fear, this fear of the Lord and, and, and remembering who He is in relation to who we are. I, I, I was sharing this on the way over. I, in, in Isaiah, a couple of times, it talks about how God created us for Him. He created us for Him. Even it says that in the New Testament that everything was created by Jesus. Everything was created by Him for Him. We are, we are His creation and He made us for Himself. Not for us 
to be these entities that now He gets to come and bless. No. He blesses us because we belong to Him. He blesses us according to His purpose and according to His plan. He's God. I'm not. And we got, we're, now we're living in this modern era where we get to say what God should and should not be doing. How the God that created the very brain that I think with, I get to say what He should look like. Well, uh, you know, if, if God was uh, so loving, then He wouldn't send anybody to hell and you know, blah, 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 so no one's going to hell. If you believe that doctrine or theology, um, you're going to probably find out firsthand that there is a hell and there are going to be people who choose to go there. God did not create hell for people. And God doesn't send people there, but because they, listen, because they forget who God is and they live for themselves rather than live for Him according to the purpose and the plan that He called them to, they're choosing their own path. Come on now. Come on. See, I, 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 now I got it. I was in that smooth and easy feeling part there just a minute ago. You know, we, we were looking at the morning star rising and, you know, and we're going to be in that, that, man, and that's the other thing, you know, we, in that I'm going to be like a stall-fed calf. I'm going to be in a pen. I'm going to be fatted. I'm going to be the fatted calf, but not for slaughter. So let's just settle that right there. Now, I can get into that. I could, I could help, listen, I could help, the, I could help God out right now. Just after church, I'm going to, after I eat, I'm going to have plenty of dessert and I'll start that. Well, we know it doesn't mean that. We know it doesn't mean that. I'm not going to... See, God is... When, you're, when you have a stall-fed animal, that means that the food, his nutrients, everything he's needing is being supplied to him. Michelle and I were driving down the road yesterday. And y'all ever see... In our area where we live, in the Santa Ana area, there's a lot of wild turkeys. Y'all ever see wild turkeys? You know, they always look kind of anemic to me. They don't look nothing like those butter balls that are in... Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Man, they always look... Man, there ain't no way. Yesterday we saw some. They looked a little fatter. So I don't know. Maybe somebody... And, that, and that's the first thing Michelle said. She, she said, I've never seen wild turkeys that big. Someone must be feeding them. Right? Okay. It doesn't mean that the wild turkeys aren't healthy. It just means that they're having a fend for themselves. See, what this is saying to you and I, everything that we need, all of the nutrients that we need to live and to prosper and to be well... God is going to supply it, going to bring it to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything we need, everything we want will be right there. You know why? Because we're going to be with that Son of Righteousness. He's all we need. He should be all that we want. And when we're in His midst, we have everything, just like a stall-fed, fatted calf. Hallelujah. And thank you for allowing this fatted old man. Hallelujah. Praise God. So now, my brothers and sisters, let's go back now to Second Peter, but now in chapter 3. And I, and, I, and I want you to see this. Be diligent to be found by Him in peace. There's that word peace again. And look what it says. It says to us, we need to be diligent about this. See, there's something that we need to be doing. He will get, and listen, in, in Isaiah, again, he says, He will give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Right? You, you, I, it's chapter 26, I believe. If I'm, if I'm a little off, please forgive me. I think it's chapter 6, probably verse 3-ish, I, I believe. But anyway, regardless. It's in, but that's what Isaiah says. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Do you see that? The way the mind is working with this peace thing. And our mind is being renewed. We have this mind of Christ. And, and then we have this fruit of the Spirit, this peace. 
And even in, and that it's not listen, it's not situational. It doesn't mean that we only have peace when things are working according to plan, when everything is fine. It doesn't mean that. It means that even no matter what's happening, we could be in peace. Like, like last week where the Lord had us and Paul is on that boat and he knows God has already told him that boat was going to fail. That boat was going to break up in pieces. But Paul remained peaceful. Paul remained steadfast and he trusted and he believed the Lord and he knew that no lives would be lost. So even in the middle of that bad situation, we see Jesus on a boat with his disciples. He's sleeping. The storm comes up. You guys remember this story. The storm comes up. They wake him. They're frantic. Don't you care that we're about to die? Jesus was at rest. He was sleeping. Even in the middle, of he, Jesus showed us. Even in the middle of a storm, you can have peace in the middle of a storm. That doesn't mean that you don't recognize that there's a storm. Paul knew very well, Spirit told him, that that ship was going to be lost. Amen? But, even in the middle of that, he did not lose his testimony. In fact, he gained testimony. Amen? And that's what happens to you and I. We have an opportunity to have peace in the middle of the storm, which then becomes our testimony of Christ. I know some of you are a little bit bored so far. Unless I'm spitting, spewing, or jumping, you don't really... But I'm telling you, these are the kind of things that change you. If you can listen to this, if you can hear this, get it inside of you. And then if you could study this out, let the Holy Spirit, mix this with Holy Spirit and faith, it will change you. Some of you are, are you reacting and acting only to those hallelujah, praise the Lord, cup back flip messages, and then what happens is you go home and because there's no meat down on the inside of you, because there's no truth that got lodged in your heart, the bad times come and then you experience peace no more. So when it says to me, oh, hallelujah, I didn't even, Holy Spirit, thank you. When it says to me, be diligent, that's God speaking to you and to me. Be diligent. You have to be purposeful about this. You have to make an effort toward this. Toward what, Tony? To be found in Him in peace. So that means you have a part in that. Oh, it's a gift of God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But you that tells me I absolutely have some say-so as to whether it happens in my life or not. Hallelujah. No one else, no one's responsible for that except you and God. Amen? And God made it 100% available to you when He took everything that made you sinful, every abomination, when He took it to the cross in Himself and slayed it and left it there. Now you and me have the opportunity to be, not, no, not His partner, but to be His child who He provides for, who He wants to give peace to, who He wants to give joy to, who He doesn't want to hold back any good thing. Are you diligent? Are you diligent? Be diligent to be found in Him, by Him in peace, without spot and blameless. Be diligent without spot and blameless. I'm going to just go right over that. You guys know what it means. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. As also, excuse me, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking to them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. So you see what Peter's saying here? Peter's saying, 
Paul spoke of some of these things as well in all of the epistles according to the wisdom, according to the knowledge that's been granted to him by the Holy Spirit. He's written some of these same things, but he's written to some, some things that some of them are hard to understand. Which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. Come on now, you see? And there is so much of what Peter says, what Paul says, what Jude says. So much of what that Bible is doing is warning you and I. The New Testament is warning His New Testament church people. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. False teachers, false doctrine, lies. Why? Because we're supposed to be renewed in the image of Him who created us. And if we're not paying attention, if we're not being diligent... Oh, come on. Come on, somebody needs to pay attention. If we're not being diligent, then we might be one of those who gets fooled by some of these twisted scriptures. Now, some of you have been in a lot of churches in your time. We've heard some different doctrines and teachings. Some stuff that people have told me since I've been, Michelle and I, now I think we're going, next year will be 20 years. We're in our 19th year. Next year we'll celebrate, next year Easter we'll celebrate our 20th year. Heart of Worship Church. But in this 20 years, I mean, there have been so many people that have come and gone, and some of the things that people have said to me, I mean, I, it just blows me away. How could you even believe that's true? And then you show them scriptures, that, that, and they get mad at you. Okay, but, but why would someone get mad? Because they've already settled it in their mind, and that word that they've been given appeals to them. It appeals to their flesh. It can't be. It, it can't be to their to, to, to spiritual to the spirit. It, it's not the spirit bearing witness with their spirit. Because if it doesn't come out of here, then it's and it's not truth. Then it's appealing to them on a fleshly level. And so that's what they choose to believe, because then it allows them to live a certain way that makes them feel comfortable, quote unquote, comfortable. Because that's what we humans like. We want to be comfortable. I can live with that word. I can do that. See, but no. It's the truth. God has created us for Himself. According to His purpose. It's not according to how I feel, what I want, what I do. It's got to be according to what He said, what He does, His truth. And He gives me His truth. He's revealing His truth to me by His Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay, thank you. Verse 17. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this is part of that being diligent and, and, and studying and reading and knowing what the truth says. You know, again, remember I used that example of our phones tell us how, how much screen time. We could look on our phones and it could tell us how much screen time. If we had something that would tell us automatically, you know, what are our, what's, what's our Bible time this week? How much time did we spend in the Word one way or another? If there was something, if the, you know what I mean? How would that compare to your screen time? Right? Okay, see, we know that it wouldn't compare very good. Is that being diligent? Of course not. So how in the world can we expect to get the peace, the joy, the spiritual results when we're not putting, we're not being spiritually diligent? Oh, but you don't know, Pastor, I got to work. Yes, I do. I got to work too. Oh, you don't know, Pastor. Yes, I do. I got a family too. Well, you don't know, Pastor. I got all the same problems and saw all the same issues you do. Now, I'm not standing here and saying that to you to say that, okay, now I've conquered everything. No, I'm just saying, don't tell me I don't know. 
Because I do know. I've lived years now, and I do know. That's right. And some of you are older than so don't you even laugh at me. Don't let the boyish looks fool you. Okay, but, but look at that. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So now watch. Again, now you guys, I've preached this. I'm going to just repeat it because there might be somebody new listening over the internet. Remember, how can, if, God, if, if grace is just the unmerited favor of God, that's all it is, how can you grow in it? So that means I can earn more fi- grace, I can earn more favor with God? How do I do that? Do I got to impress God? Well, wait a minute. That doesn't work. It, that, that's, that, no. Remember, when I'm growing in grace, God's grace is, watch, me having the ability to, to know what His will is and Him empowering me to do it. That's grace. And that, I'm telling you, grace and the Holy Spirit are synonymous. Don't be drunk with wine where it is dissipation, but be ye being filled with the Holy You should be growing in the Spirit. You should have more and more Holy Spirit being poured upon you. As you're studying the Word, my words are spirit in their life. So you should have more and more. You should be growing in grace, in the Holy Spirit, more and more. Be diligent to do that. How much time are we spending? Listen, some of you have been baptized in water, but there's not a lot of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, we could debate that, and if you have any questions, we'll talk about it later. We could debate what that means and what that's all about. But, but why? And some of you, listen, some of you haven't even been baptized yet. Now, I'm not saying that you're not saved, but, but if you're trying to grow spiritually and you're trying to, to follow that path that God has laid before you, how come you haven't been baptized? And, 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 and if you've been baptized in water a many number of years and, and you're, you feel like you're growing spiritually, but you want, to take, you want to go to that next level, the apostles had to go to the next level. What level was that? They had to go and tarry in Jerusalem so that the Spirit could be poured out on them. The Spirit was poured out on them. They were believers when they were there, but they were stronger believers when they were left. They were endued with power. You receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. Amen? You receive Him in a measure. You receive the Spirit of adoption. You receive it in a measure. And so as you're growing in your faith, you grow in grace as you take on more of the Holy Spirit. How do I take on more of the Holy Spirit? My words are Spirit and their life. See, it's not that hard. You see, I, yeah, we make that joke all the time. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. The point is, I'm not terribly smart. But I could figure this out. How can I figure this out? Because it's really not that hard. He tells us. Amen. My words are spirit. Jesus saying, my words are spirit and they are life. You want more Holy Spirit? Get more Word of God in you. Study the Word of God. Don't just read it and say, okay, God bless me. No, study it. Lord, I want to understand this. Lord, I want, you know, do some cross-referencing. Fine, let the Scripture interpret Scripture. If you have questions, ask somebody, but make sure you're asking the right person. Um, we're going to have a, a book out here starting during next week, next Sunday. We're going to put a, a notebook on the coffee counter. If anybody has any questions, you could do it anonymously. Just write in the book. If you have any questions, and we, we may start something where on Wednesdays we'll cover those subjects. I think that might be how we do it, okay? And so, don't, don't be shy, but if you're shy, just put it anonymously. Just write it in the book when no one's looking, and we'll address the question, amen? But see, that's the thing what I'm trying to say, my brothers and sisters. You don't have to be smart. You just have to study God. You just have to pursue God and be diligent in pursuing God. You know what, honestly? It's, I, I, this is, you're going to laugh at this, but this is the truth. When Michelle and I met, 
she, tr- she tracked me down. She wouldn't leave me alone. Why are you laughing? She was diligent. And then finally I just relented. All right, I'll take you out. None of you believe that. I expect this altar filled. I'm going to give an altar call at the end. All of you are laughing at me right now. No, but, but you understand. Think about that. Think about in the relationships or in the pursuits and the things that you're pursuing in your life right now. Think about it. Think about how diligent you are. Think about that next uh, thing, whatever that next thing is, that next step that you're going to take, that next car, that next thing, the thing that you're saving for. Now listen, I'm not comparing these things and saying that they're evil. I'm not saying that. I am not. But what I'm saying though is compare that with your diligence to make that next step with God. And that says it all. That says everything where you are with God. I can't experience peace. I can't experience your joy. I mean, I still have some bitterness. I still have some of these things. Well, how much are you pursuing God? Because if you're pursuing God, those things will start being part of your life. Amen? Amen? All right. So let's just continue. So watch. This is Jesus in John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of what? Truth. When the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me. He will glorify Me, for He will take of what is Mine and declare it to you. My brothers and sisters, you know what? The, one of the reasons why Holy Spirit, baptism, and things like that have suffered through the years is because many people in the pulpits have made a mockery of it, made a big show of it, try to try, make money off of it in the whole nine yards. And, you know, look at the power that I got. Look at the anointing that I have. I'm going to tell you honestly, only anointing I want is what God gives me. And the only, listen, and I'm not just saying that to say it, because I don't want that responsibility, and I don't want that scrutiny. I don't want to stand before God and have God ever say to me, that wasn't me. No way. No, so, and I'm just here to tell you, the only anointing I have is whatever He gives me. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, sufficient for the moment is what I always hope and pray. But my brothers and sisters, look, watch. If, 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 it's, if it's not spirit, it's got to be all about His spirit. Now, when Jesus was talking to those apostles who lived with Him for three years, and He's saying, there's things that I need to say to you, there's things I need to tell you now, but you can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle it. But, I'm going to send my Spirit, and when He comes, He's going to lead God and direct. He's going to teach you. He'll, be, he'll help you to handle it. So that is why it's so important, my brothers and sisters, that we recognize and understand that in order to grow in the grace, as we saw in that Scripture, you have to be growing in the Spirit. And in order to grow in the Spirit, you have to be attached to this Word. You have to live in the Word. You have to listen. Open that Word. Get your face in there. Pray. Ask God to teach you. You want more. You want everything that He wants you to have. Now, Tony, you say this all the time in so many different ways. Yes, I'm going to keep on saying it. You know why? We're not doing it. But we run to Him and we want to fix this and we go to Him when we need things. And, we, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. You've got to go to Him. Who else can we go to? But my brothers and sisters, it's not just about Him being the God who is the Santa Claus God who we only go when we have hurts and, and heartaches and, and we need just some, you know, somebody to, to heal us. and somebody. No! He's our God. He's our God. We serve Him. He don't serve us. We serve Him. 
All right, you good? All right, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 13. And do this, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, if he said that, he being Paul, or the Holy Spirit through Paul, all those many years ago, what do you think it's like now? And do this, knowing the time. My brothers and sisters, if you don't know what the time is right now, you are blind in one eye and can't see out the other one. It is so obvious right now. And do this, knowing the time, that now it's high time to awake out of sleep. And he said, okay, now do this. Do what? I'm just going to give you a few highlights here. In context, remember he's saying, and do this. Do what, Paul? Well, what did he say? He started out chapter 12 with this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So I think it's reasonable that when, God, when Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, and do this, that's one of the do's. Do the do-do's, kids. Remember that? Do the do-do's, and the don't-do's will take care of themselves. So do that. And then he goes into some depth. Romans 12.3 For I say, through the grace given to me, through this anointing, through this power of the Holy Spirit given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. How did you get your faith? God. He gave each one a measure of faith. It's up to you to grow it. Is that scriptural? Absolutely. Are you growing it? Are you growing it? You can't say yeah, and just because you pray a prayer when you eat your food, or you're praying some prayers, you can't be growing your faith if you're not reading that word. If you're not studying that word, your faith ain't growing. You know how I know that? Because what is your faith in? If your faith is growing, there has to be this depth of the knowledge of Jesus Christ that is increasing. There has to be this input of the Holy Spirit. Right? There has to, all of that has to work together. My words are You're going to hear me repeat this. My words are spirit in their life. So you want to grow in the Spirit? You want to grow? You have to have the Word in you. Ain't that right? You have to get that Word in you. You have to get that Word in you. And not just read a chapter and say, Ooh, I did my duty. No. You have to be intent. You have to be diligent. My brothers and sisters, are you getting... Are you, is this tracking with anybody? You see where I'm going? We're living in this time. And these, these saints of God, the Holy Spirit is ministering. That's why I started where I started with the Word of God in Scriptures. Because we have this Word of God in Scriptures through these holy men influenced by God telling us, be aware of the time that you're living in right now. Because it's about time. And now knowing that it's about time, here's what you need to be doing. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Come on. All right, forgive me for the mic. All right, Romans 12, 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Let me, let me backtrack just a minute. There's one thing, when, and I want to say this. When I, I'm just giving you these highlights. It's up to you now. You need to go ahead and you need to read chapter 12 and 13 and see in depth and detail what he's say, saying and, and, you know, and do these things, right? Okay, one of the things about that anointing, a measure of faith to each of us, you know what that means? Nobody says after that. Don't be proud. Don't be haughty about whatever God has dealt to you. Because it's God giving to each one, listen, to do their thing. And he's called each of us. So I got a measure of faith, but so did Eddie. I got a measure of faith, so did Tori Beth. Are you with me? And so now it's up to me to use that measure of faith according to the purpose and plan. Because remember, he created me for him, not for me. I don't use that faith for my own benefit, right? I use it for his. He 
he dealt Tory Beth, he dealt that, he dealt all of us this measure to do his will so that when it comes together, that picture that he created and that he intended for it to be turns out that way. Amen? All right, so I'm glad that you agree with me. And so then in Romans now 13.1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You have no right. I'm going to say it again and I'm going to make you mad at me. You have no right to burn anybody's property, to steal anybody's goods. You have no right. You have no right to threaten anybody physically. You have no right. I don't care what color skin you have. I don't care. You have no right. You have no right to force, to try and forcibly do anything to anybody that's against the law. You have no right. Well, how do you know that, Tony? Well, look, it says that every subject, that every soul be subject to the governing authorities. I may not agree with the, the current administration's uh, ideologies. Nevertheless, I'm subject to it. And I don't have any right to come out here and, and do anything but pray that God gets a hold of their hearts and changes something. But should I go out there just bad mouthing every decision, this and that? And all? Everybody, you know, if you're, if you're a Christian or brother or sister in my circle and you know what's... Yeah, I don't have to tell you. They're expanding abortion. They're doing all, all the stuff that we didn't, didn't want. But, but it doesn't matter. They are the authority. I have no business standing up in here just complaining constantly, bad mouthing constantly, or even taking up arms or joining a group. What group do I want to join with? No, 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 I'm not being ugly. I'm not, listen, I'm not even trying to be funny. What group should I join? Amen. So, so look, look, if I'm, I'm already a member of a group. I'm already a member of the body of Christ. So now for me to do anything else is violating the group that I'm already involved with. So, listen, I'm not, you, you're going to make me say it, but I'm not going to say it. You know what I'm saying. All of these groups on either side. On either side. I'm not talking about one side or the other. I'm talking about both sides. If you ask me, what group is it okay to join? I'm going to say, none. You're already, if you're a born again Christian, you're already involved with a group. And it happens to be the body of Jesus Christ, His church, His bride. Period. And all of this other stuff is going to have to work itself out. But God is still sovereign. God knew exactly how it was going to be. Alright. You still love me? Okay, there's somebody listening that should shut off probably. I don't know. But let every, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and all the authorities that exist are appointed by God. I don't think God voted for Donald Trump. So some of you guys that are you know, all bent out of shape whether you're listening to me or you're in this room I don't think God voted for Donald Trump. In fact, I'm pretty sure he didn't. You know how I know that? Because he didn't win. God put Biden in office. So you might as well forget about it. Forget about it. Pray for the man. Pray. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God knows. Align yourself up with God. Amen? Okay, God, you put him in. You put this one in. You put that one in. You put the other one in. Okay, God, they're there because you've allowed it. So, God, I want to align myself up with your will. I pray that they would somehow, some way, 
find you, that they would become born again. Father, I pray for all of the souls that are going to be affected right now. In Je- whatever. However God is leading you. But stop crying and moaning and stop talking about the bad group, that bad group, this bad group, the other bad Stop. Stop. Just give glory to God. Hey, I'm preaching to me too. It, I told you, it, it angers me that babies are going to be killed more by the multiple thousands now. And it angers me. If I really sit and dwell on that one thing, I could get angry. I can't. I, I can't. Does my heart still ache and break? Yeah, but I can't dwell on that. I've got to move ahead. Okay? All right, so I'm going to move ahead. <laughs> Romans 13.8 Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And, he, and, and listen, guys, like I said, read, because he breaks it down a little bit for us. He, the Holy Spirit through Paul. Are you with me? Love one another. That takes care of everything. Love covers a multitude of sins, as Scripture says. That doesn't mean it makes sin excusable. It means this. You know what? You may have sinned against me. I ain't going to hold it against you. I love you. Done. Done. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right? What about that? Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. All of that. Now, we've been in Peter, so now let's add to what this same context, what Peter said, right? 2 Peter 1.19. And so we have the prophetic, the word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in darkness. 2 Peter 3.1.14, the first part. Be diligent to be found in him, by him, in peace, without spot, blameless. Do these things. Why? Because now, again, you know that this is happening. You know that this is happening. So now let's I want to break it down a little more here. Back to Romans 13. Knowing the time. You see what he says? So for, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Back, at, at, back there for verse 11. Ber, verse uh, 12. Knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Verse 12. For the night is far spent. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. What does that mean? Glad you asked because Paul, the apostle, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, answers it in the next verse. Verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, drunkenness, not in lewdness, lust, not in strife and envy. Did you hear that? He just went ahead and interpreted that first verse, that verse 12. What do you mean? He says, let us walk properly as in the day. Listen. Let us walk in, like we would do in broad daylight where everybody can see. That's what he's saying. So it's time that we conduct our whole lives that way. That's what this scripture is telling us. We need to conduct our whole lives like that. That everybody is seeing all the time. Right? Come on. That's what, that's what conducting yourself in light is, is, is all about or whatever. Man, this, this, uh, pray for this microphone. It's crushing me right now. Anyway, listen... So, so, so it's, it's, I, I like it because what it's telling me and where we were is, and now, and now what? Now that you know this is happening. Now that you see, right? And now what? That the time of our salvation is nearer than it's always been. It's high time we wake out of sleep. And it's time that we start living every day like we're walking with the bright sun shining on us all the time. Everybody is able, is able to see us all the time. Verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Okay, here's the problem. See, and, and, and there's a reason why I think Holy Spirit allowed us to land here. 
Because I think there are many in the church, many of us, many of us, that we say, okay, we're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to go ahead and we're going to um, you know, read the Word and we're going to try to, to live according to what we believe. We're going to try to live according to the teachings of Jesus. Amen? Come on, don't pay attention, pay attention to my words. But there's that other part that sometimes we forget. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. See? We, we go ahead and, we, and it's our intention and we have great intentions. We want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to read. We're going to pray. And we're even going to try to, to live it out. But yet there's still those times when we're making provision for the flesh where we're feeding the fleshly man. We're feeding that fleshly human being what it's, what it's craving, what it's desiring. Right? And so what happens is that basically retards our growth. That basically holds us back. Why? Because that's a two-part conviction there. That's a two-part word there. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, but you have to make no provision for the flesh. Okay, so now watch. We're trying to learn the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, we're studying more. We're reading the Bible more. But we still have that phone. And every time somebody puts something on that phone, or we say, yeah, but it's scriptural. It's, see, this is my friend so-and-so, or this is so-and-so. Look at what they're... Yeah, but when they're putting their devotion on there, and they're putting their testimony on there, are you sure that that's lining up with the Word of God? And when someone's trying to justify a position with the Word, they're, they're making a, a, an earthly or political or, it's not even political, just their position. And they're trying to justify their position by twisting scripture. You have to be able to recognize that. And my brother and sister, if you're not, if you can't recognize it or if that is distracting you, shut it off. Make no provision for the flesh. Come on. Boy, you're a little quiet today. Am I boring you? See, that's what I'm saying. If, unless I'm spitting and spewing and jumping up and down. But this is the word. This is the thing that, listen, this is the thing that's going to allow your spirit man to, to do a backflip in you. You've got to get a hold of this. You have to get a hold of this. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. But look at what it said. I just want to go back now to 13. Listen, walk properly as in, in the day, not in revelry. You know, no partying and, and all this other stuff. You know, everybody's all about this Super Bowl and all that. And Yeah, sure, go have a good time and all that, but keep it in perspective. Sure, you want to have a good time, you can have a Super Bowl. Some of us may have Super Bowl parties in our house and all that. That's fantastic. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Keep it in perspective. And, you know, and if you're a Chiefs fan and they lose, don't listen. Don't get all huffy and puffy and don't, don't cause you know, that to ruin your whole week or whatever the case may be. All right? Or vice versa. I'm just saying. But, but do you understand? I mean, it's, I, I just got to say something because you guys are dead. Think about that. If there's a party, if there's a gathering, we're all about that. We're all about it. Look, it says revelry, drunkenness. My brothers and sisters, I, I've, I've shared this with you many times and many of you know this. I'm not going to go into great depth and detail. It blows me away how many people in churches think that it's okay to get high. It, I, I'm, I'm, you think I'm making that up? I'm not making that up. I, I, it just blows me away. It's, it, and it blows me away that there are many people that want to make the argument if they want to, have, they want to drink a bunch of wine or they want to drink, well, I'm not going to drink any hard liquor or I'm just going to have a little beer or something like that. Or, you know, listen, do me a favor. If you go to this church 
and you're having a party, don't put it on your Facebook page. Just use your brains. If you don't care about yourself and your testimony, care about the testimony of this church. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Because it, it comes back, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. But people tell me all the time what, some of the things you guys are saying and doing. And I, it breaks my heart. And you know what? When the Lord leads me to confront some of you, I'll do it. But I'm telling you, don't do it. It comes back on me all the time. And I'm not worried about me. I don't want to bring, listen, I don't want to bring approach or reproach to the body of Christ, to the kingdom of God. And when you're trying to teach young people to stay away from that stuff, and there you are having these pictures of you slugging them back, smile on your face, everything's honky-dory, how are you teaching your kids to stay away from that? Uh, no, I'm, 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 golly, I wish you could see what I see right now. So, listen, yeah, but Tony, we were drinking, but it was on, okay, stop it, stop it, stop it. There's no, there, you, you don't need to do that. If you want to do it, okay, stop making a mockery of then the walk that you have with Christ, Okay. Not in revelry and drunkenness. Not in lewdness and lust. Lewdness. Any kind of physical attraction, anything like that, sexual, anything like that. My, my brothers and sisters, stop being so led by that, that fleshly desire that you compromise what you already know with God. There are so many people that I've ministered to over the years, that have been in church, that are you know, shacking up, and you, know, you, try, you try to be as nice as you can, but you know what? It's wrong. I can't change. It's not Tony's word. I can't change that. It's wrong. It's not because I say it's wrong. He said it's wrong. So you can't on the one hand say, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm okay here, but uh, everything else, you know, God, I, I'm, I'm okay in these other areas, but just this one area. Be diligent. Be diligent. That's what the Word is telling us. Be diligent. And, and then also look at that witness. What is that saying to our young people? What is that saying to the people that we're trying to testify to? Okay, you, you know, if you're in a homosexual relationship, you're going to burn in hell. Well, it's no different than being in a heterosexual relationship having intercourse and, and enjoying the physical uh, pleasures. And, and, and it's the same. It's the same. See, I knew I was going to tear you guys up. I knew we weren't going to be jumping up and down in here. But my brothers and sisters, look at, remember the premise here. Living in the time that we're living in. Look at what it's saying to us. Because you know, because you know, what should you be doing? He's telling us. What should you not be doing? He's telling us. Is this the truth? Are you mad at me? All right. God, some of you don't look very happy. Just saying. So, my brothers and sisters, drunkenness, lewdness, lust. What what is lust? You know, it's just it's this it's this this strong desire, a passionate desire for something on the inside of you. And most of the time it's something forbidden. Most of the time it's something something forbidden. You know? Not in strife and envy. See, I don't want to be arguing all the time either about Scripture or other things. And so sometimes it says, you know, just, just settle. If you have an adversary, just settle it as quick as you can and be done with it. 
The strife is no good. It just puts stress on you and it's just going to rob from your, from your testimony anyway. So just try and do it. And don't envy. I don't, you know what? If, if, there are so many pastor friends that I have that have huge churches. Love them to bits and pieces. Love them to bits and pieces. I'm not jealous of them or anything like that. But man, you know what? Have I ever suffered looking at what someone else was doing and, and had and, and think, man, why can't I have that? Yes, I have. That's flesh. That's human nature. And this, this scripture is telling me, I've got to get rid of that. I can't live that way. I can't, th- I can't continue to walk in that. Are you, are you, are you with me? Follow me? Okay, so none of these things. So, okay, but that's the thing. So now, how do we combat all of that? We've got to put on Jesus, right? Verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus. Make no provision for the flesh. Stop making it easy. Stop hanging around with the people who like to party. How about you throw a party and have it not be anything, no booze, no smoke, no powder. How about that? How about just throw a party and just, yeah, you're cringing, but it happens. You know, how about just do that? How about just have a party, enjoy some good food. You know, get a bottle of all turkey. You're not going to be fat. No, just have good food. Just have good food and just enjoy each other's fun. Have good, clean fun. How about that? How about, listen, if you have a problem with pornography, how about put a lock on your computer and make someone, your wife, your husband, uh, your roommate or whatever, have them hold you accountable. Make sure your computer, your, your screen is where everybody could see. Your phone, your cell phone. You kids, I'm telling you, if you were my kids, you wouldn't be ha- they would not be attached to you. My grandchildren are saying, thank God, generation <laughs> They wouldn't be attached to you. I tell them kids all the time, you're on pop-up's time. Put the phone away. Is that true? They're shaking their head. You're on pop-up's time. Put the phone away. Come on now. See what I'm saying? That is a... See, Tony, that doesn't mean... You're saying if you have a phone, it's sent. No. What I'm saying is if you have a problem, it says make no provision for the flesh. So if you have a problem, then that means put the phone away. Put it down. Make yourself accountable. Get Get somebody. Get somebody who's a friend. And tell them, now a good friend, I'm talking about somebody who's, who, who is godly. Say, look, I'm having this problem. Will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? Be a, help, help them make a, an accountability partner. Hey, how many minutes you got? Let me see your phone. Let me see how many minutes. Okay, hey, let's trade phones. You count my minutes. Let's see who's got less minutes. Make it a contest. Are you with me? Listen, I'm not trying to be silly here. I'm trying to give you some practical stuff because this word right here is too important for us to just gloss over and not understand. Considering the times that we're in, young people, you may not see the 12th grade. The Lord could split the sky. You may not see college. Oh, I'm not saying you shouldn't be planning for it. You shouldn't be studying hard and working hard. I'm not saying anything like that. But what I'm saying is, make no provision for the flesh. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. Last scripture and we'll go. James 1, 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Again, that desire, that, that's, that's this, this passionate 
uh, longing for something, and especially if it's forbidden. And that comes from a word to set your heart upon. To set your heart upon. Well, think, think about this. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So you, you see, ultimately, it still goes back to that very basic foundation. What am I meditating on in my heart? What are my thoughts? Where are they at? What am I... Oh, come on now. Listen. Listen. What am I thinking about? Where's my heart? What am I meditating on? What am I... What is it? Because if it's the Word of God, I'm not going to sin against Him. If it's all of this other stuff, I'm making provision for the flesh. Right? Come on. Don't make any provision for the flesh. Deny it. Starve it. Starve the flesh. Starve it. Man, kill it. How are you going to kill it? I'm going to starve it. I'm not going to feed it. I'm not going to give it anything. It's st- I'm, now, granted, a lot easier said than actually done. Come on. you got to go to school. you got to go to work. You can't sequester yourself in the house unless you have COVID. You're gonna, but then you're still going to be watching that TV. You're still going to have the phone. You're still going to have the computer. All of those things. It's very difficult to do. But you can do it. Now I know. Because he said so. His grace. His grace. But you have to be diligent toward it. Are you with me? Okay, I'm going to end it there. I've got more, but I'm just going to end it there. So, so church, here, I, I, I wrote this down, and I've got it in big letters. And, and I, I'm just so sorry today because this microphone has been such a distraction to me. It's, it's really got me off, so I apologize. Um, but anyway, here, here's what I really want to say to you. Second Peter 3.18, I'm begging you. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm begging you. Be diligent about that. Be diligent about what? Make, listen, determine in your mind and in your heart. Praise team, could you come on? I, I want to sing our way out of here. I don't, you guys pick a song. Listen, please, if you're in the room and some of you haven't been paying attention the whole time, pay attention to this. I'm begging you. I'm begging you, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make that your full intention. Just don't even worry about anything else, but just be, listen, just make that your purpose. I'm going to grow in the grace and the knowledge. And if you want help doing that, man, if you're a young person, you want to talk to Tori, me, anybody, talk to somebody who knows. I would be more than glad. I will bend over backwards to help you in any way that I can. And there are other people in this room who will as well. But please, I'm begging you, grow in the grace. We are running out of time. Amen? Amen. Amen. So God, that's my prayer. I pray, Lord, that somewhere, somehow, some way, someone heard your voice today. And Lord, I pray that because they've heard your voice, things will change. That Father, from now on, they will... They will be more spiritually in tune. They will, more, they will be more determined than ever before to follow you and to grow in you. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name, trusting and believing in you. Father, your word, despite me, means everything. So, Lord, I pray that your word would minister to their hearts. Holy Spirit, grab hold of their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen.